warning, this podcast for Midnight Moon Confessionals for the review of Avatar The Way of Water will have some very heavy spoilers. So if you are not wanting to hear any of these spoilers, please skip to the very end, which will probably be around the 20 to 30 minute mark about my review and what I rate this movie. Consider yourselves warned if you are not wanting to hear any spoilers. You have been warned. The regular review will start in three, two, one. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Midnight Movie Confessionals. Merry Christmas to everyone and everyone else. And happy holidays, everyone else. Happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, enjoy Kwanzaa and all that. Everyone that enjoys their holidays, I hope you're all having a fun time out there. I am back with another review for Midnight Movie Confessionals, and it is, really, as I am leaving the theater, it is two in the morning. I am out of a screening for Avatar, The Way of Water. This is a 13-year film in the making that was, in my opinion, 13 years in the making, because the first one came out around this time in 2009. Now it is 2022. It is directed by James Cameron. Characters are based on all the stuff he's done for it, especially the story. It stars Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Gourney Weaver, Stephen Lang, Kate Winslet, Cliff Curtis, Joel David Moore. And the music was made by Simon Franklin. Now, many of you may not know about Avatar, but you know what? It's not the last airbender that is not the case here is not Nickelodeon's Avatar The Last Airbender it's not that movie so I'm going to at least tell you this right now it is not involving that so if you're expecting a review on that I am sorry to disappoint you all everyone out there I hope you all are okay with that I wanted to uh, tell you a little bit about it if you're unfamiliar or if you need a refresher I should have done this earlier but I did not basically with the with the premise is basically well, 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 well into the future. This organization, this government organization, finds this planet called Pandora that's very useful for mining these minerals that they kind of need for Earth's very survival. It's becoming extinct, and they're kind of wanting to find a way to keep it going without uh, just saying it's over on that planet. So they enlist some... United States Marine Corps members to be, to don a, well, to get into a sort of a cryostasis to Pandora. And then some of them will actually, besides be, in a sense, a PMC guarding the resources that they need to get from these mines and whatnot, they will instead kind of be used as a device to, I guess, the term would be, I don't know how to describe it, but they basically use the, Use them to become, um, like, use some of them to go into this sort of chamber of sorts to become uh, a Navi avatar, as they called it. And basically, one of the, like, two of the folks that did that were Sigourney Weaver's character. That was the name of, if I recall correctly, her name was... Uh, Dr. Grace Augustine, and the other one was Sam Worthington's character known as Jake Sully, who was a former, like, 
basically with these two, they were one of the few in the, like that were not necessarily formally adopted as part of the Navi, but they wanted to become part of that. And as such, after the big battle with um, Colonel Miles Quaritch, who led the RDA organization that was trying to colonize Pandora, Sully and uh, the good doctor do die of sorts, yes. And they both, and well, technically the only way, like, in a sense, he, like, um, Jake left his body permanently to become, that it not, like, become one of the Navi, and he's now chief, as at the end of the film, he becomes chief of the Omatakaya tribe, or the forest people of sorts, in, on Pandora. While, the other thing is that, but what happens is that um, Dr. Grace's, Dr. Grace Augustine's body finds a way with the great tree. She would um, become able to have an adopted child of uh, Jake and Natiri, Joey Saldana's character, more or less. Jake and Natiri are mates together. They have children together. They adopt Kiri, who's played by Sigourney Weaver. They, and they also have, um, Natam, who is their oldest child, their first son. Their second son is Loak, and they also have, uh, someone known as Turki, Turki, Turkiri, but they just call Tuk, which is their eight-year-old daughter and their youngest child. But overall, what happens is that this this movie's set about 10 years, well, a good 11, 10, 12, 10, 11 years after the events of the first film. And it begins, it begins with Jake narrating his life as the, as the chief of the clan, raising his family and with his wife. And um, a human boy named Spider, who was apparently the son of Miles Quaritch, who was born on Pandora, but he was unable to be transported to Earth via cryostasis. Well, he's able to adopt Spider as his, like, like can accept him as a, an adopted son. The theory kind of becomes uh, distrustful because he is of the sky people, of the humans, like Jake was originally. And how Grace was as well. They were both humans. But a few of the other scientists that were able to side with the, the, the Na'vi stayed behind. Some that were able to stay as avatars stayed on Pandora and became part of that. Just like Jake did. And some did not. And some just stayed human. But they still stayed near, like, in close contact with the Na'vi forest people. The Omatakaya clan, per se. This exact clan. That were of the forest people, and they stay with them to more or less not protect, but just kind of like help them generate certain things and kind of like observe and report in a sense without having to actually observe. But, anyways, it starts out 10 years after, like at least a good 10, 11 years after that happened. Like, uh, he, like Spider kind of like, um, does mingle and socialize well with the children. 
He doesn't really embrace his human heritage and feels more inclined to the Navi's culture and traditions, much to the dismay of the Navi, which is kind of interesting, though, if you ask me. And while this happens, there's meanwhile, there's an RDA spaceship with humans that are returning to the Pandora to colonize it, erecting a new main operating base yet again. Among the new arrivals is Colonel Quaritch, who's cloned into a Navi body with his memories uploaded before his death. As a result, he's unable to remember his demise, but he's only able to recollect the events of the past and has a mission to eliminate Jake Sully. Now, as he is wanting to eliminate Jake, I can understand why he'd want to eliminate Jake. Jake is the one that killed him as well as Natiri, and he has a reason to want to kill them both. But to thwart the, N- the RDA plans, Jake leads strategic operations that are guerrilla-style against the supply lines, weakening them. And during one of the operations, Loak, who dissipates Natam and is eager to prove himself, tries to assist Jake in battle. However, Natam gets wounded in the process. Sadly enough. But it's not like Loak doesn't want to be like to like say like I'm able to do things just like my big brother. He wants to feel like he's able to prove that he actually is able to do stuff instead of just being a a young child, and that I can I can I can appreciate. I can I can understand that being a middle child, it sucks. As someone that is a part, uh, secondly, the middle child of how many children I believe, my like on my dad's side. Honestly, I am the middle child. I have an older stepbrother, I have an older stepsister, and I have a younger sister. So I would easily say I am the middle child of sorts. So is my brother. But on my mother's side, it's just my actual, my biological sister and me. So I wouldn't really say I'm the middle child, but I kind of am. I don't know how to describe it really. But you know what? That's fine. I don't really want to try and put words in anyone's mouth, put like, thoughts in my own brain. But anyways, as this happens, they notice that he needs, like, Jake has to rescue them both. But disciplines both his sons not to recklessly endanger anyone, including their own safety. That might, like, and that while it, like, while they're tending to the wounds, Terry calmly reminds Jake not to be too hard on his sons, which Jake expresses fear of losing them. Which I can understand. He's worried about losing his kids. I mean, being a father for anyone, I feel like they'd be worried about losing the children, especially in such a a dangerous conflict, just like the Navi against the Sky People, and it's very dangerous. Now, I know I'm going on and 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 on, and I'm very sorry for that, but this is going to be a very lengthy review, I feel like. It won't be like the last couple of ones. I should have done a preview earlier today, but I didn't have enough time to do so, so for anyone that was expecting that, like, uh, my uh friend Memphis did. He actually, after the review, he told me that he's not going with Me- Memphis Blanc anymore. He decided to go with Memphis Noir, which I respect him for. He only went with Blanc to be kind of associated with Benoit Blanc, but he felt that might be a little bit of a, a copyright infringement issue. And you know what? I can understand that. I respect his choices. I'm not upset. I'm happy that he decided to go that route. And you know what? I applaud him for it. And I have to thank him deeply for it, too, for doing that awesome review last time 
I did this uh, podcast. He took over for me because, again, I wasn't doing too well. But he will probably come back in the future for another review. He might even come back for uh, my Bullet Train Redux review because I know my review on that was not so great. And I feel horrible about it. But he might come back for that. If he does, I appreciate it. But anyways, um... The, the attacks on the RDA supply lines prompts Corridge to initiate a search mission to kill Jake. And Jake's children, along with Spire, explore deeper into the rainforest. They go on a playful little venture. Unspinosa to them, they find Corridge um, and his team explore the site where Corridge gets to see his human remains. And Lowak notices their presence and it quickly alerts their father, Jake, to the situation. However, a skirmish occurs and Quaritch's squad captures the children. Jake and Etiri arrive in time to free most of them, but Spider is taken by Quaritch, who recognizes him as his own son. Aboard the ship, the RDA try to extract information from, like, about Jake from Spider, who refuses to, like, to provide anything. Quaritch even tries to talk to him as a father and asks him to explain more about the Navi in exchange for his freedom on his side of the situation for the bargain. Although he's uncooperative and unaware of Quaritch's actual mission, Spider does teach him about the Navi culture, and Quaritch is also successfully able to tame an Ikron flying creature as his own vehicle in pursuit of Jake, Sully, and his uh, family. And, well, knowing the dangers of, the, of the, like of Spider's knowledge about the whereabouts of the state and their, to their safety, Jake convinces Natiri and his family to banish themselves from the Motakaya clan and retreat to the eastern seaboard of Metakaina, a coral reef island whose clan and lifestyle is adopted to the aquatic habitats of Pandora, which I'm going to definitely say makes sense for a movie that's called The Way of Water. It kind of does make a little bit of sense, if you ask me. But um, if I'm honest, I kind of like that. I kind of like the idea of being able to see more of Pandora, and I kind of want to see... I kind of want to see more of Pandora in the future if we get more sequels or even a Disney Plus or something of that sort if this movie does well. I know so far it's gotten about $190 million at the box office, but that's not even half of what it actually made. I want to see it make up to $500 million this week alone and even make more in the long run so we could at least get more sequels. But I don't want to see a shitload of sequels. It might get even more. Who knows? But anyways. Once they arrive, they're greeted by the clan chief. Tunawari. And his wife, Renal. Who's doubtful of them initially. But he... Like, however, Jake is able to explain the situation. And they're agreed to stay... They're able to be able to agree to have them stay and be given shelter. Even though there's some tribesmen that... Deride Jake and his children for their genetic human heritage. His family learns the way of the reef people, which actually is kind of cool to see. See them be taught how to function as part of the reef people. And it's such a weird way to do it. It's so, I don't know what, but I like it. I do gotta say, I like it a lot. It's one of the, parts in this uh, 
movie that just felt so fantastic. Oh, I thought it was Anyway, sorry about that, viewers. I was going to say, as they kind of get pulled, this, that, and the other thing about the way the water people, they kind of understand, oh, okay, this is what we need to do to do things around here that are a little bit different than how we were as the forest people of Pandora, of the Navi tribes. And it, it kind of makes a lot of sense to kind of appreciate what is going on in their society of how they function it's like wow it's kind of incredible if you ask me how it's kind of done i know like i'm curious fascinated by the the aquatic life of the metakaina but yeah metakaina myena and develops a spiritual bond with the sea and its creatures, while Loak befriends Soraya, one of the daughter, like the daughter of uh, Tonawari and his wife Renal, and finds himself just kind of like hitting it off with her quite well. And it's kind of a nice thing to see a little bit to see some of the children just kind of getting along so well and so nice. You know, it's it's just it's a good thing to see. Because you don't really see that a whole lot in a lot of things. And it's just like... You can see some reluctancies from some folks. Just because of the fact that they're not... How everyone else would like them to be. But it's also like... Well, how can they react to someone that isn't the same? In a sense, they may be Navi. And then and some of the kids may be half-breed in a sense. Because of the fact that Jake is one of the Sky people originally. But he uh, decided to stay as... A part of the Navi forest people and be a part of their clan. So it is definitely an experience, nevertheless, to see how things progress. And it's just a, such a. I don't know how to describe it. It's such a divisive way to go. But while they're adapting to the new environment, no, Loak gets into a fight with uh, Aonung, which is Soraya's brother. After he, when he makes a crude joke about Kiri and him about about their mixed human lineage, he admonishes like Jacob admonishes his son for his behavior. At Jake's insistence, he returns to apologize to Anung and his friends. However, they entice him to like take a trip into the dangerous uh, area of a sea predator and leave him stranded as revenge. I guess, which is not the best thing. A sea predator does attack, try to attack Loak. However, he's saved and befriends Payakan, a Tulkan. An intelligent pacifist, pacifistic cetacean species, which kind of looks like a killer whale with a hammerhead shark sort of thing. But um, the Metakaya consider the their like whom like they consider the species 
of the Tilkin, uh, their spiritual family, and when he finds out, Tonawari becomes aware of Anong's actions to, on Loak and asks the form to apologize. However, Loak, I don't know why, but he takes the blame on himself, winning the friendship of Anong and his respect, and the group of children learn to explore Metakaya's environment and its ecosystems that look so gorgeous. It reminds me of, like, the Great Barrier Reef of Australia a little bit, and it's just like, holy mackerel, it's just incredible, and I realize I've been, like, in, going on for, like, 20 minutes now, it's just like, I haven't even gotten so far into this, but it's like, they're also told, like, they're also told that the Paikan, oh, Paikan is an outcast among his species, which he's unable to believe, and while they, uh, find themselves on an offshoot to the Tree of Souls, Kiri links with it to meet her mother, who, but she also, like, uh, has a, a violent seizure, but when, um, when he calls Norm and Max from the first Avatar for Hell, Korch is able to track them to the to an archipelago where the reef people live, and he even brings Spider along with him and commandeers a whaling vessel, which is hunting the Tolkien's to harvest their brain enzymes for anti-aging remedies, I guess. And Quaritch believes to violently... Like, he thinks that qual qual violently questioning the indigenous tribes about Jake's location is a good idea to do, but he fail like, in failing that, he orders the whaling crew to go on tunnel start killing the Tolkien's in order to draw Jake out. And even though Spider's disgusted by it, he, he makes uh, some amazing pleads with Quaritch to let them go the like without harm which Quaritch does comply to sternfully. But uh, Loak is determined to find the reason why Pyakan is outcasted, and he find, and links with him and learns that the, he was cast out because he went against the ways of the of species and attacked the whalers who killed his mother. And Loak does kind of feel a little bit of pity for his creature after the revelation, and they learn about the... T like. Meanwhile, when the Tolkien slaughters start to uh, reach the Metakaya, Mantakayina, they become furious and prepare to wage war against the RDA, and Tonawari, who is displeased with the growing situation with Quaritch, is advised by Jake to strategize as a move on the offensive will risk their own destruction, and just like what happened to the, just like what happened to the Rainforest Tribe, and that's not what they want to see happen. They don't want to see the Forest People have that happen, like, have history repeat themselves. And learning of that situation, Loak takes off to warn Payakan, followed by his, sister, his siblings, Surya and uh, Anong, they also, uh, Surya and Anong also, well, the, uh, Tonawari's kids, I guess. They find Pi, and uh, the, uh, well, and those two, I guess. As well, as well as Surya and Anong, I should say. They find Pi kind of being hunted by the withers and shot with a tracking device. They flee, by, well, they free him from the tracking device and escape. From the chasing whalers, while Kiri and Anong narrowly escape, Loak, Soraya, Tulk get captured boat and get captured aboard the vessel. Jake, Natiri, and the Matakaya clan set out to confront the vessel before the battle actually before any battle is able to happen. Quaritch gives them an ultimatum to surrender Jake, I mean, or risk having the children killed. Tonawari's wife admonishes Jake for being an indirect cause of bringing the battle, but he also realizes that the battle has always been between himself and Quaritch. So Jake decides to surrender to avoid further bloodshed on Pandora. Among the like on board the vessel, uh, Spider does say he's tired of the motives and attacks the crew and sabotages its func functions to save Jake's kids. And uh, Pyakan swims toward the vessel, seeing his soul brother 
Loak being in peril, he attacks the whalers, triggering a fight which kills most of the crew and damages the vessel that causes it to sink. Jake and the clan use this as an advantage to attack, which is good if you ask me. It was a smart move to see that now. And then Matam rescues everyone, but Loak insists to save Spider together. They, like, um, like, uh, They've escaped the vessel, hide from the enemies, but he's also fatally shot in the process. Jake, Thierry, and his children, along with Soraya, try to save Natam, but it's all in vain. He succumbs to his wounds and dies, sadly. But while he's grief-stricken, Jake decides to face Gorge once for all when the latter reveals that he's captured Tokakiri as hostages now. He and Atiri, who is berserk with rage, attack that vessel and eliminate all the crew that are left rescuing Kiri and Tokajak. Violently battles Quaritch in a combat which, until Kiri holds uh, his held at knife point, Itiri intercedes and does the same to Spider, holding him at knife point, which and threatens Quaritch to release her, like release Kiri. I mean, he denies the son to be inconsequential, but desists when um, Itiri cuts Spider around the chest. And he releases Kiri and attacks Jake, who gains the upper hand while the vessel's starting to sink with them all trapped inside. He strangles him, like Jake strangles him, forward, and strangles him into unconsciousness and almost gets drowned himself. However, he's rescued by Loak and Payakan. Kiri summons some sea creatures that have helped her before to help her navigate to find uh, her mother and Duke. On the other hand, a Spider, who's looking for Jake, finds his dying father and even though he's hesitant to save him, he does begrudgingly rescue him, bring him up to the surface where he regains consciousness. And then he renounces Courage for his cruelty, ending his relationship with him, and rejoins Jake's family, much to the dismay of Courage. But in the aftermath of everything that has gone on, Jake and his family um, conduct a Tam's funeral according to the Metakaya and uh, customs and lay his body to rest at the bottom of the shores where the conduit spirit tree that's linked to Awa identical to the ancestral tree of the Rainforest tribe, absorbs Natam's body. And then Jake decides to inform Chief Tonawari and his wife that he wants to leave Matakaina, Matakaina and move far away. But he, but the chief, however, respects, like, respectfully identifies him as part of the clan and welcomes the family to stay. And Jake even and his family adopt the identity and forge a new life at sea, which I don't know if that involves Spider at all. I would hope that with spider he will be given a chance to be um if i'm at, if i'm honest hopefully he'll be given a chance to be um um what would like hopefully he's given a chance to be like jake and become a part of the navi properly he might want to go back to the rainforest tribe if we get a third one and if we do i'm happy with that being the case i don't know what they're going to do exactly but i do know that i saw a few other folks in this movie that i didn't realize until it was too late i saw uh giovanni ribisi i saw edie falco edie falco i think many of you may know from the sopranos possibly if you are um fans of that show you might remember her i think she was uh who was she again that series she was carmella that's it i couldn't remember who she was in that one but i know she, um giovanni was in it as well he was the one that was also in he was in a few others as well i know he was the bad guy for the most part in uh 
that in the first Avatar. But um, those Bellman and Max Patel, who were former members of the Avatar program, came back, like I mentioned. And it was nice to see Norm. I, I don't remember. I couldn't remember who he was at all for the longest time. But I know he was in the show before, and it's like he'll be in the third one, it seems, as well. But I just I couldn't remember his name at all, who he was exactly. Because I know there's a few in this movie that I just don't remember. But anyways, that's not a big deal. I thought I'd at least mention everything that's going on in the film, and at least mention for the most part. I will say, this film was quite incredible. 13 years in the making, it took... Well, James Cameron was also busy with a few other projects, like um, trying to release Alita Battle Angel, or Goom, if you're a fan of the manga and you know it like that. Uh, he was also busy with Terminator Dark Fate, and I think he probably regrets making that, that movie, but he wanted to have Arnold Schwarzenegger in it for some reason or another. Anyways, I think that old franchise is extinct now. But what to rate Avatar Way of Water? Mm, I have to say it's probably one of the best movies of 2022 that I could easily say I've seen. Especially this late in the year. I'm going to give it, without a doubt, I'm not going to say it's the most perfect thing ever. Because no movie is perfect. But if I'm to give it a rating out of 10, Avatar, The Way of Water gets a 9 out of 10. This is a movie that if you're a fan of the first movie, which I saw for the first time in theaters earlier this year in September, and I was going to make a review on it then. But there was other projects that I was worried about doing and I had a few other commitments that I had to commit to so I couldn't do so at the time. So when this review does come out, I will probably review, I'll probably post it tomorrow morning. Well, today it's 2.30 on the Friday, so I'll probably post it on the Friday morning. So, or maybe in the afternoon or the evening, whenever I decide to. I will also post a promotional for it as well on my social media pages. And... Well, it's a 9 out of 10. My final thoughts on Avatar 2 was it took a little too long to come out. The movie is very lengthy too. It's about 3 hours or so. It's about 3 hours and I think 12 minutes. I can't remember how long it is. I just know it's a lengthy film. It's 192 minutes, so it's about 3 hours, 12 minutes. So if I were you, everyone that's seen it in theaters... Make sure you go to the bathroom before you go into the theater itself because you do not want to spend more money on watching this again. I feel like it's, a, I think it's perfect as a one and done. I know James Cameron has said that you should, like, you should just see it again if you missed anything. And I'm telling you all right now, don't do that to yourself. Don't spend more money. Just wait for it to come out on DVD and Blu ray and all that if you really need to or on streaming, which might be a better move if you don't feel like you could do so. That's what I would do, but that's all I'm saying for you guys right now. Now, if you're like me and you want to see Avatar 2, I would definitely suggest if you haven't gotten your tickets now, wait a couple of weeks because it's going to be a lengthy, 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 lengthy 
run in theaters, I feel like. And it's probably going to be around for a good while. Just like the first one was. That one was fantastic. We waited reasonably 12 years for a new James Cameron film. Between Avatar... Well, between uh, Titanic and Avatar. And now we waited reasonably another 12, 13 years. I mean, there was a lot of issues because of COVID and all that. So I'm going to give it... Let's reasonably say 13 years, because that's how long it's been since it did come out. And I will definitely say, when I saw the sneak preview earlier this year, because of the re-release, I actually was excited. I actually was like, yeah, I'll go see it. And then when it started counting down, I'm like, I'm not going to miss this opportunity to see it in theaters. I'm going to do it. And I did, and I'm happy I did. This is a lengthy podcast. I haven't really done a lengthy one like this in a while, but at least with this one, I was able to do enough of conversating with myself, and, uh, well, I think I might do the next one, I might do it on Babylon, or I might do one with, uh, my buddy Philbert, whom was on my podcast panel once a few years ago, but at the same time, I don't think I will. I'm If I do anything, it might be Bullet Train, and I'm gonna ask, uh, Memphis to show up again, I don't know if he's okay with having Philbert around. He might be okay with it. He might not. I mean, he might want to have one of my buddies, Hans, hang out with him too. But if he wants Hans to hang out with, I don't know how he's going to be able to pull off a Germanic accent. So I know Hans is very uh, about that. He's very Germanic, the little buddy. But uh, yeah, I thought I'd at least mention it overall. I, I thought this was a, a fantastic film. I do know I want to do a review of a few other films that I haven't watched in a good while, but they're going to require some preparation, I will definitely say. And in the new year, if lo and behold I am able to, I will, as I've been saying for the past little while, I will do a review of The Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles to bring back uh, my TV review podcast which will probably be a declassified Skynet file, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, or something like that. I don't know. It will be sometime in the new year, I believe I will do so. I'm not saying when in 2023 it will happen, but if it does decide to happen, it will probably be advertised heavily, and I'll probably find myself using the music from the Terminator franchise in my adverts if I'm able to. I don't know if that's okay. I mean, Brad Fidel, I don't know what he's up to, but I know... I kind of miss his music. That's the only thing that Avatar 2 could have used, but the music was very well done. I know I'm kind of rambling, but I know the music was done by uh, Simon Franglin. Franglin, I guess his name is. I don't know what else he's done. I know he helped with the music for Spectre and Skyfall, uh, composition-wise, and he also worked on a few others. I don't know if he worked on Avatar itself. He, oh yeah, he did. Okay, never mind that. He worked on that one, so I guess it's not a big deal. I know he helped with uh, Thomas Newman doing the score for Skyfall and also did the same look for Spectre with him. But this as well, and he's also working on Avatars 3, 4, and 5, which I don't think we need more than just one and two. If we get a third one, great. But we don't need more than that. Unless they decide to 
do one more that's about Jake and his family, or they do one that's not about Jake and his family. It's about a different tribe of the Navi, and they're kind of like behind, not behind the scenes, but they're kind of mentioned. Because that would be even that'd be cooler to see. But I don't know what the situation is going to be with with uh, the next Avatar film if it ever does come out. I do know that the next film I want to do a podcast on, I don't think I will do. And it is the movie Babylon because that comes out next week. And it's going to also be a lengthy film. I'm not waiting. I'm not sitting around for that movie. I'm sorry, folks. If you were ex- if you were expecting me to do so, I might do so when it's on streaming platforms. I might do it then or even on home release because I'm not sitting around for it. I might actually instead for the beginning of 2023 start off with one of the new movies that I bought from... Kino Lorber, honestly, I might do it that way because I bought two from their Black Friday sale via Unobstructed View, and they are both In the Heat of the Night and The Great Escape. If I do the In the Heat of the Night, I will be meant, I will be doing the two sequels that also came on the Blu-ray, I guess, well, with, as special features. They call me Mr. Tibbs and the organization. So if I decide to get those out of the way, those will be some of the ones I will do, but until then, ladies and gentlemen, I need to clock off. It's been a long day for me, but I do hope you have all enjoyed my review of Avatar The Way of Water. If you liked it, I want to know what you guys thought about it. If you saw it yourself, post a comment down below on Anchor or Spotify, wherever you're able to. Share it with your friends. It really does help a lot if you're able to. And uh, yeah, this will be out on Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, everywhere you get podcasts from. I hope you're all able to help me with sharing it around. I would love to see more get done like that because I I really miss, like I really love doing this for myself. And even if there's not a lot of people that listen to this, whoever does listen to it, I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. This will probably be one that keeps on going and on and on and on until I decide to stop. But until next time, everyone, thank you very much again for listening to me rambling on and on and on. This is Scott signing out and transmission.